History lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the extraordinary life of Maximilien Robespierre, a revolutionary leader whose fervent pursuit of revolutionary ideals helped him to lead one of the largest revolutions in history. Today marks the 229th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's dive in to the extraordinary early life of Maximilien Robespierre. Maximilien Robespierre was born on May 6, 1758, in Arras, a provincial town in northern France. He came from a middle-class family of lawyers, and from a young age he exhibited a remarkable intellect and an eagerness for learning. Recognizing his potential, Robespierre's parents ensured he received a quality education from a young age. He attended the local Collège Louis-le-Grand in Paris, where he excelled in his studies and demonstrated a keen interest in literature, philosophy, and law. During his time in Paris, Robespierre became deeply influenced by the tides of the Enlightenment, a philosophical movement that emphasized reason, individual rights, and the pursuit of liberty and equality. The writings of influential figures like Voltaire, Montesquieu, and most notably Jean-Jacques Rousseau, left a profound impact on his political outlook. Upon completing his education, Robespierre returned to Arras to practice law, and his dedication to justice and sympathy for the downtrodden quickly earned him a reputation as a defender of the poor and the oppressed. He demonstrated a particular interest in advocating for the rights of tenant farmers, urging for fairer contracts, and improving their living conditions. This commitment to social justice and his aversion to corruption earned him the nickname the Incorruptible. This moniker would later become synonymous with his political persona. In 1789, the French Revolution erupted, fueled by widespread discontent with the monarchy and all the social inequalities that were occurring in the country. The Estates General was convened in Versailles to address the nation's financial crisis, and Robespierre was elected as one of the deputies to represent the Third Estate. Now, the Third Estate is the one that is primarily consisting of common people. This marked his formal entry into the turbulent world of French politics. As a representative of the Third Estate, Robespierre was determined to advocate for principles of liberty, equality, and fraternity. These had been brewing in his mind since his exposure to Enlightenment philosophies years earlier. He firmly believed in the need for radical change and the dismantling of the ancient regime, which had kind of perpetuated these privileges of nobility and clergy at the expense of just the common man. Robespierre's speeches in the National Constituent Assembly reflected his unwavering commitment to these ideals, and he passionately argued for the abolition of all of these different feudal privileges and the establishment of a new social order that is kind of based more on merit and what we have today than these egalitarian principles. In his early political career, Robespierre aligned himself with liberal factions that sought progressive reforms, but he also distanced himself from more moderate figures who sought a constitutional monarchy. His conviction that the revolution must lead to a complete transformation of society set him on a collision course with those who preferred a more gradual approach to change. As a deputy in the National Constituent Assembly, Maximilien Robespierre found himself at the epicenter of the French Revolution during its early stages. 
His fervent dedication to the principles of liberty, equality, and fraternity set him apart from many of his contemporaries, and he quickly emerged as a prominent and influential voice in the political landscape of revolutionary France. He possessed a gift for articulating the grievances of the common people and effectively criticizing the privileges enjoyed by the aristocracy and the clergy. Drawing inspiration from the Enlightenment philosophers he so admired, he argued for the implementation of a more egalitarian society that valued individual rights and merit over birthright and privilege. During this period, Robespierre actively supported several crucial legislative measures that aimed to reshape the foundations of French society. He played a pivotal role in the enactment of key revolutionary reforms, such as the abolition of feudalism, serfdom, and ties, which pretty much dismantled the remnants of the old feudal order. These measures were essential in breaking down kind of this hierarchy of barriers that had long divided French society. This thus advanced the revolutionary agenda of having total equality for all people. As the revolution continued to sweep the nation, the question of the fate of the monarchy really became a hugely pressing issue. While Robespierre remained such a staunch Republican, he initially advocated for a constitutional monarchy, envisioning a system in which the king would reign under the guidance of a constitution that safeguarded the rights and freedoms of the people. However, the king's actions, including his attempt to escape in 1791, fueled growing suspicions among many revolutionaries, pushing them towards more radical stances. Robespierre's principled stance against any compromise with the monarchy aligned him with the most radical factions within the assembly. He became associated with the Montagards, a group of deputies who championed the interests of the common people and sought the establishment of a republic. Within this group, Robespierre found a community of like-minded individuals who shared a vision to transform France. During this time period, though, the political landscape in France was rapidly changing all the time, and factions were forming each with its own vision for the future of the nation. Robespierre was pretty unwavering in his commitment to his principles and, his, and the principles of the revolution that gar garnered him both a staunch number of supporters and a passionate field of detractors. His firm belief in the necessity of the revolution's radical goals set him at odds with more moderate voices who favored a slower pace of change and a compromise with the monarchy. As the National Constituent Assembly gave way to the Legislative Assembly in 1791, Robespierre's influence continued to grow. He remained a vocal opposition to any form of tyranny, including the attempts by some deputies to suppress political dissent. Robespierre firmly believed that the revolution must prioritize the welfare of the people and defend their rights, even if it meant taking significantly more drastic measures. As the revolutionary momentum accelerated, Robespierre's reputation as the incorruptible solidified. His incorruptible character combined with his visionary rhetoric made him a symbol of virtue and the embodiment of the revolutionary spirit for many. Despite the challenges and political rivalries he faced, Robespierre's dedication to his principles and the cause of revolution would soon propel him to even greater prominence in the years that followed. With the dawn of 1792, France found itself in a precarious position. The French Revolution had entered a more radical phase, and the external threats loomed large as war erupted with foreign powers, determined to stifle the revolutionary ideas that had taken root in France. 
Maximilian Robespierre's political influence surged during this tumultuous period as he embraced a more prominent role in shaping the destiny of the revolution. In response to the escalating crisis, the National Convention, which was the newly formed Revolutionary Assembly, established the Committee of Public Safety in April of 1793. This powerful governing body was tasked with safeguarding the revolution from internal and external threats and guiding the nation through the turmoil of war and upheaval. Robespierre was elected as one of the members of this committee, and his presence was pivotal in shaping the policies and actions. As one of the members of the Committee of Public Safety, Robespierre faced a challenging balancing act. On one hand, he continued to champion his vision of a virtuous republic, founded on principles of liberty and equality, where the rights of the common people were really upheld. He advocated for universal suffrage, believing that all citizens should have a say in shaping the nation's future. He also proposed measures to alleviate poverty and inequality, seeking to address the needs of less privileged members of society. However, the radicalization of the revolution and the dire circumstances of war necessitated strong and decisive actions to protect the revolution from perceived internal enemies and foreign invaders. Robespierre, though deeply committed to his ideals, recognized the need for extraordinary measures to maintain the republic's survival. The tension between Robespierre's unwavering principles and the pragmatic necessities of war and revolution would define much of his time on the Committee of Public Safety. As the French Revolution began to spiral into the period known as the Reign of Terror, the Committee of Public Safety, under Robespierre's guidance, adopted increasingly extreme measures to quash perceived counter-revolutionary activities. The Revolutionary Tribunal, established to prosecute enemies of the revolution, conducted numerous trials, and the guillotine became a symbol of terror that gripped the nation. While Robespierre supported the use of the death penalty in the name of the revolution's survival, he also strove to uphold the principles of justice and due process, advocating for fair trials even for those accused of treason. Robespierre's role in the Reign of Terror made him both a revered and feared figure. He remained steadfast in his belief that the terror was necessary to protect the revolution from external and internal threats like we've been talking about. However, this relentless pursuit of perceived enemies and the expanding scope of the terror generated opposition within the National Convention itself. The committee's action and Robespierre's leadership faced increasing scrutiny and criticism. Some accused him of pursuing a path of tyranny, undermining the very principles of liberty and equality that he had once espoused. The tension between Robespierre's idealistic vision for a virtuous republic and the brutal realities of the reign of terror created divisions amongst his fellow revolutionaries. This led to internal strife and budding rivalries between members. The period from 1793 to 1794 marked the height of the reign of terror. This was a phase of the French Revolution that was characterized by intense political repression and mass executions. Maximilien Robespierre, as a prominent member of the Committee of Public Safety and one of the chief architects of the policy, played a central role in its implementation. The Reign of Terror was both a reflection of Robespierre's unwavering commitment to these virtues that we've been talking about, and a source of intense controversy that would ultimately lead to his downfall. During the Reign of Terror, the Committee of Public Safety assumed extraordinary powers to protect the revolution from internal enemies and perceived counter-revolutionary threats. The Revolutionary Tribunal, operating under the Committee's authority, conducted swift and often unfair trials. 
It condemned thousands of individuals to death by the guillotine. These executions were widespread and affected individuals from all walks of life, including members of the aristocracy, the clergy, political rivals, and even former revolutionary leaders who were deemed threats to the revolution. For Robespierre, the terror was a means to an end, a necessary evil to ensure the survival of the revolution and the establishment of this virtuous society he's been talking about. He saw the terror as a temporary measure and aimed at eradicating the enemies of the revolution and consolidating its principles of liberty, equality, and fraternity. Robespierre believed that the revolution could only succeed if it purified itself of corruption and counter-revolutionary elements, thus paving the way for a new era of progress and equality. However, as the number of executions mounted and the scope of the terror expanded, opposition to Robespierre's leadership and the committee's policies grew. Many revolutionary figures, including some who had once been allies of Robespierre's, began to question the moral and ethical implications of mass executions. They argued the revolution's initial ideals of liberty and justice were being undermined by the extreme measures taken during the reign of terror. Critics accuse Robespierre of leading the revolution down a path of tyranny and betraying its founding principles in the pursuit of an elusive virtue. They saw the terror as an abuse of power and an assault on the very liberties that the revolution sought to protect. The widespread fear and paranoia that permeated French society during this time period further fueled opposition to Robespierre's policies. Internal dissent and divisions within the revolutionary government escalated. This led to tensions that threatened the stability of the Committee of Public Safety and the National Convention. Robespierre's opponents, including members of the radical group known as the Herbertists and a more moderate faction known as the Dantonists, sought to curtail his influence and diminish the power of the committee. In an effort to consolidate his position and reaffirm the revolutionary values he's been talking so much about, Robespierre delivered a speech on July 26th of 1794, known as the Cult of Supreme Being. In this address, he proposed the establishment of a new state religion that centered on worship of a deity representing the abstract principles of virtue and reason. Robespierre envisioned this as a way to foster a collective sense of moral purpose and unity among the French people. However, his proposal was met with skepticism and criticism, further isolating him within the government. The Hébertists, a radical group that had once supported Robespierre, were among his most vocal opponents. They believed that Robespierre's recent promotion of a state religion, the cult of the supreme being, was an attempt to establish a theocratic regime contrary to the revolution's secular aspirations. Fearing a loss of their own influence and seeking to preserve the more radical direction of the revolution, the Hébertists launched an attack against Robespierre's policies. In response to the mounting opposition, Robespierre sought to consolidate his position by making accusation against his adversaries in the National Convention itself. He and his allies, including his brother Augustin Robespierre and Louis-Anton de Saint-Just, called for purging of those deemed counter-revolutionary and against the principles of the revolution. This further fueled tensions within the government and added to the sense of paranoia and fear that permeated throughout French society. On July 27th of 1794, Robespierre attempted to address the National Convention, seeking to defend himself and his policies. 
However, his speech was met with hostility and jeers from many deputies who had turned against him. The convention then voted for Robespierre's arrest and that of his closest allies. This signaled a turning point in the revolution. The next day, on July 28th of 1794, Robespierre and his associates, including St. Just and Georges Catun, faced the guillotine without the opportunity for a fair trial. The Thermidorian reaction, as the event came to be known, marked the fall of Robespierre and the end of the radical Jacobin regime. It was a critical moment in French history that shifted the course of the revolution. The fall of Robespierre was met with a mixture of relief and trepidation. While some saw it as a necessary measure to curb the excesses of the reign of terror, others mourned the loss of a leader they believed had been committed to the revolutionary ideals. Regardless of the di divergent opinions, Robespierre's downfall left a lasting impact on the French Revolution as the Thermidorian reaction paved the way for a more moderate and conservative phase in the revolution's evolution. Following Robespierre's death, the Committee of Public Safety was significantly weakened and many of its policies were reversed. The revolutionary fervor of the previous years subsided and a more conservative government emerged. This had a new constitution that was being drafted in 1795, and this really ended the era of Jacobin dominance. France embarked on a path of stability, albeit under the leadership of a more conservative directory. Maximilian Robespierre's legacy remains a subject of profound historical debate. Some see him as a visionary who fervently pursued a more just and egalitarian society, while others view him as a zealous revolutionary who allowed the pursuit of virtue to devolve into violence and tyranny. Regardless of one's perspective, Robespierre's impact on the course of the French Revolution cannot be denied and his life and death continued to be studied and discussed as a cautionary tale of the complexities of revolution and the dangers of unchecked power. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Maximilien Robespierre, a French revolutionary leader whose belief in the ideals of the revolution led to his death. And that's also who died today, July 28th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what these individuals look like, please follow our Instagram. Who period, died, period, today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of yet another remarkable individual who left a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.